Welcome to the No Things Considered podcast. I'm Tim Young. Have you seen the picture of Joe Biden and Lori Lightfoot together? So Joe Biden goes to visit Chicago. Uh, I'm not sure why, because there's a high crime rate there. They couldn't have a Zoom call on that. They had to. He had to go there, and I'm sure he went to all the parts of town where most of the shootings happen, right? Yeah. Anyway, so there's this picture of them meeting on a tarmac. And she's literally looking at the camera. I'm going to put it as the uh, the picture on this podcast, actually. It'll be the, the episode image. There's this image, and she just looks like he, he had either pooped himself, and she could smell it, or he said something horribly racist to her. Like he thought she was... I, I tweeted, Hey, Benson, I can't wait to meet your boss, the governor. Something like that. That's a reference, if you guys don't get it, for old people. A sitcom back in the day. Anyway, look it up. You you have that. It's just ridiculous. They're not going to accomplish anything. He's just going to go take a trip there. That's how you. That's everything is fixed. All the crime is fixed. I mean, they've they pulled all the Confederate statues out of the Capitol the other day. So I mean, that's racism's ended. So I guess next, all you have to do is show up. Santa Santa Obama sends uh, Biden to Chicago, and everything will be fixed magically. So stupid. Absolutely. So incredibly stupid. Uh, speaking of stupid things. The FBI seized a, a Lego set of the Capitol from one of the people who trespassed there that day, uh, on January 6th. I mean, what, what's that going to prove? I mean, if they're calling me about eight minutes of footage outside that I taped that you can just literally look at and see anything in, I guess they're just digging for anything at this point. But a Lego set? I, come on, man. It's like grasping for straws at this point. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on uh, my commentary on everything else that's going in the news today. That's what happens when you do these regular podcasts. I don't want to kill time for you guys when I have a really, really good guest. And I do have one today. It's Rita Panahi from Sky News Australia. Now, like, a lot of people wanted to know more about her, and I wanted to know more about her because I like what she says. I like her views. I've seen a lot of clips of her. But I didn't know much. And uh, you're going to find out some stuff. Like, where she was born in America, you're going to lose your mind. She's an absolutely intriguing person. I can't wait to one day meet her in person when she's able to escape Australia, literally, because you're not allowed to leave Australia or basically go in Australia. She discusses that here with the COVID restrictions there. And uh, we're going to have a good time one day. We're going to film something really cool. So here's my interview with the great Rita Panahi. All right, a couple of things before I bring on the guest today. Uh, I don't understand time zones, and I have to, I have to really lay that out there. Uh, this was a very big struggle for me to try to connect with someone in Australia. Uh, so bringing on now Rita Panahi, which by the way, I also, you know how hard it is to find a pronunciation of your name online and, and to realize <laughs> that it's the easy one because all of the clips of you, and I've seen dozens of them, uh, of course they never pronounce your name. So I had to go find another podcast you did for them introducing you to, <laughs> to figure this out so I could be a real person. Uh, what's going on lady? Oh, well, you know, I'm just, uh, cruising um in australia where we're still sort of trapped in june 2020 mode where the rest of the world's reopening and getting back to normal and we're got millions of people locked down despite having very little in the way of covid infections it's it feels crazy i've got to tell you and and i can't leave you can't even say well if you don't like it leave because they stop citizens residents anybody from leaving you can't just leave the country you have to seek permission and permission is normally denied really 
So yes. you're basically a prisoner in your own country right now. We are a prison island. This is Australia. We've gone back yeah. to our convict roots. Um, we did this back in March 2020. So we basically said borders closed. No one can come in. No one can get leave without permission. So we had tens of thousands of Australian citizens, citizens, mind you, stranded overseas. We've still got tens of thousands stranded overseas. We have been taking them back, but we've got very um, tight quotas on how many per week can return because as soon as you come back, you've got to do 14 days hotel quarantine. It's very strict and, you know, it's, there's a limited spaces. So um, that's if you're wanting to get back. If you want to leave, if you just want to say, I've got family in the US I want to visit or I've got business to take care of or my relative's dying and I want to go and say goodbye, you can't just get on a plane and go. You have to seek permission from the government and majority of cases that permission is not granted. So, and they don't have to tell you why it's not granted. So you can apply again and again. But um, I know I know dual citizens, uh, dual US Australian citizens, which I am one as well, who've applied multiple times and been knocked back. So if dual citizens are getting knocked back, you can imagine the average Australian has got uh, very little chance of travelling. Good lord! So it's essentially, crazy. it's crazy. So I should just never assume that I'll I'll be I'll make it to Australia in my lifetime at this point. Is well, that no, what this... we we are hoping at some point that we sanity prevails and we rejoin the rest of the world because as you can imagine a country that has quite an enormous tourism sector we have had no international tourists and uh, we're not going to have them for some time but at some point we need to we can't be a hermit nation we can't just be stranded it's us and New Zealand who are doing this and for a while we were sort of patting ourselves on the back I never was but the majority were saying, oh, wow, look at us. We're better than the rest of the world. We've got hardly any COVID and we're, we're just, you know, we're the example. Um, of course, being an island nation with closed borders was the reason for that, but we were all <laughs> celebrating. But now as the rest of the world is reopening and we're being left behind, I'm hoping that people start opening their eyes and saying perhaps this fortress Australia approach is actually not a good thing. Maybe we know we need to actually come to the realisation that COVID is always going to be around. It's going to be endemic, just like the flu. Um, there's going to be new strains all the time, just like the flu. And there will always be some deaths, just like the flu. Um, you can't treat it like the Black Death, which we still are in this country. It's, it's unbelievable. But listen, the flu doesn't get really cool uh, Greek uh, letters Very or numbers nice. behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Delta variant. Ooh. I'm Which, excited about the what's the Lambda one? It sounds like Lambaba. The, 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 there's a new one. There's a new one that oh sounds god. more exotic. So I'm into oh that. Oh my god. It's just so annoying at this point. Here's so I had a perception of Australia that you guys are a very incredibly liberal nation. And uh, that is because you are. Uh, but <laughs> tell us what it's like to be a conservative there. Because the thing is, I realize you have a ton of American fans. And I think you know this too. Uh, well, got Sky News has got quite a big presence on YouTube. Sky News Australia, not Sky yeah. News UK, which is putrid. Sky News Australia is much better. Um, so, yeah, we, I, we do have uh, a lot of people who, who watch the clips. I think it's got, you know, um, close to 2 million subscribers. And I think a lot of them are in the US. So, um yeah, it's, and, of course, you know, in this age you can 
see people's work on via Twitter or, you know, it doesn't really matter where you are. Um, but, you know, I don't know if Australia is crazy liberal. And one of the weird things about Australia is our Conservative Party is called the Liberal Party. So that confuses Americans. <laughs> so hey, listen, we Rita, you're talking to a guy who couldn't figure out the time zones today. So please feel free to correct me on real things here. Let's, let's keep going. No, 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 no. I mean, I wouldn't say we are actually liberal. Um, you look at federal elections, uh, the, the left-leaning Labor Party has won um, outright only one federal being the national election of the last nine, and they had a, um, a minor party arrangement in another one. So seven of the last nine elections, the Conservatives have won outright. Um, huh. So that's... That, so we are actually, as a country, um, fairly, I think, centre-right. Of course, that's not reflected in the media. Uh, very similar to the US or the UK where the media and the representation of the country is just so uh, so completely at odds and divorced from reality and it doesn't represent the majority. And I think that's, you know, at the heart of why... Um, the media is going through such a struggle session because they they, they they don't know their audience and they don't like their no. audience and they try to preach to their audience rather than just um, inform them or even reflect you know what they think. It's 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 um it's not a great situation and with COVID, sadly, part of the reason I think we're in the mess we are is we've had very weak opposition um, and terrible media. The media, like we've probably had over there, has just been scaremongering, hysterical, you know, leading the news item with two new cases of COVID. I'm not exaggerating there. They literally do that. So, you know, people are scared silly. They, they think this is the risks are magnified far more than the, the, the reality. If you've polled people about, you know, what are your chances of being hospitalised? What are your chances of dying if you got this virus? I think you'd find there is just so much ignorance out there because of the hyperbole that people have heard for over 12 months. Yeah, well, listen, I, I worked in news in Washington, D.C. Uh, for WTTG, and we found out from corporate very early on that they were going to make a website, Coronavirus Now or something like that, and, and they had to have like five stories a day about COVID from each one of the local stations to go to it. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, this isn't that big of a deal, is it? <laughs> and, and it was like everyone cashed in on it because this was, I think this became the epitome for all media around the world of the clickbait, the, the scary clickbait that look, and, and it's real. That's the thing. We all, we all recognize it's real, but, uh, but it just was so blown out of proportion that now you have people who think that they're going to die as soon as they get it still to, to this day. And you have your, your country locked down. I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, you're right. And it's uh, for us, it's even crazier because you did have over there, some fairly widespread tra community transmission and you know, certain cities were far worse than others. Obviously, New Jersey and New York were disaster zones and other places were handling it much better. But here we really, because we closed our international borders, the cases were fairly minor. Even when there were outbreaks, um, they were 
that, that they were never anything like the US and yet our media did not take the foot off the pedal once. They, it was full-blown hysteria every single day, relentless. And I think that has an impact on people. You know, it's what you see and hear constantly. Uh, you, you become alarmed and scared and, uh, and that's what we have here. A lot of these crippling restrictions and, you know, the fact that you can't even leave your own country, these things are supported by the majority because they're, they're terrified. Yeah, it's, it's really scary where we've gone very quickly. Uh, mm. I want to switch topics because a lot of people don't know a lot about you, and I want to get to that. Uh, sure. How did you get into this? How did you become a conservative? What's going on here? Who um, is Rita? Well, uh, what's that old Churchill quote about, you know, if you don't lean left as, as, as an 18-year-old, you have no heart, and if you don't lean right by the age of, I don't know, 30, you have no brain. I've mangled that, obviously, but that's uh, that's kind of been my progression. So I started off more on the left side as a teenager, which I think um, is not that unusual. And as I kind of uh, got to see a bit more of the world and see the reality of how things work, um, I realised, well, no, the actual people on the left don't, care about the things I care about and some of the things they give mouth service to like equality actually isn't equality you know they um yeah it, it's it's a veneer so um so yeah but, um and as far as being in the media that was all really by accident I was um in the finance world and that's where I was working and I started just dabbling in the media for a bit of fun and um and yeah, it was never a, a sort of a plan, but um, my first serious piece I wrote when I gave birth to my son. So it was about Australia's deplorable breastfeeding rates. So that was um, a column I wrote for the Herald Sun, which is Australia's highest selling paper. And then I started uh, being a contributor and, and, and doing, you know, semi-regular pieces and then regular pieces and people asked me to appear on this and appear on that. And it all sort of grew from that. Um, so I'm kind of lucky in a way, but I do work hard. I mean, I work seven days a week at the moment, so it's it's a punish. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a, uh, just a meltdown at some point because it's, it's, um, it's grueling because I do TV, I do write, I write a lot and I do radio. So it's, um, yeah, it's full on, but I don't know, you kind of feel like you've got a responsibility to do it because there's just so much craziness and hysteria and bullshit out there and you think, look, I've, I've got a platform, I've got to at least, you know, make some facts clear about this, you know, so no one's hearing this uh you know, this bullshit narrative is, is all that's getting air. Let's try to um, inject a little bit of reality into it. So there is a little bit of that. I don't know if you feel that as well because in yeah. the media you're the tiny minority, though, you know, the audience right. isn't <laughs> – that doesn't reflect the audience you have. Um, so you kind of feel like you have to be there and you have to <laughs> represent. Um, but at some point, you know what, I'm going to – buy a beautiful house in Florida or Texas and, and come and live there for a while. I'm serious. My son's desperate to live in Texas or Florida. He wants to um, 
go there after he finishes school. Um, and, you know, I was born in Arkansas, so we're what? citizens. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. <laughs> now, but I identify as a Texan, so I just hold, no, clear. But stop right there. <laughs> Arkansas? Pine Bluff, Arkansas, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Once the crime capital of America, I Googled it a few years ago. And the first thing that came up was murder capital. <laughs> it was, it's, it's crime raiders apparently through the roof. That's not a laughing matter, but, yeah, I thought it was, you know, the, the one thing that uh, popped up uh, on a search a few years back was the, um, uh, I think there was a lot of gang violence there. But, yeah, I was born there because my parents were over in the States. My dad was getting his degree. So I was born and they went back to Iran, which was always the plan. Um, and then a little thing called the Islamic Revolution happened and Iran, you know, went from a fairly modern Western country to an Islamist hellhole. Um, and, yeah, that wasn't great for us, obviously. So then we had to flee um, and we ended up in Australia. So, um, yeah, a lot of people think I'm Iranian, but, no, my parents are Iranian. I was raised in Iran. My childhood was there um, until I moved to Australia. But you were born in Arkansas. But I was born in – but I identify Jeez. as Texan as well. I just want yeah, to make no, that clear. No, that's yeah. not acceptable. Uh, no, but no, listen, no. Here's... I'm sorry. People <laughs> can identify as different genders. I can identify as a neighbouring state's inhabitant. That's what I, I'm doing. I want you to make me a promise. Uh, when you come back here, I have a travel show that's going to pick up, actually, a, a filmed one where you have to be on camera and where we both can't be ugly, so we do this audio-wise. i do my hair. Okay, good. Yeah. Me too. Uh, mine's a little easier to do. There's not much left. But uh, when you go back to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I want to film with you, and I want to do this travel show with you <gasps> in Pine, Pine Bluff. We should do that. You know what? I have not – like, I've been obviously back to the States – a few times, um, but I've never been back to Arkansas. So I would Dude. this would be first time in Arkansas Pine Bluff since I was born, since I was an infant. So it will be wild. It'll be <laughs> I would love to no, do. We're going to be doing it. That would be that would be amazing. Um, so I have I have to tell you this little story. And by the way, to go back to what you were saying earlier about feeling like you're responsible. Uh, because you have, you know, you have a voice in this platform. I was told by the news director since I just knocked WTTG Fox Five um, in DC. I, I was told by the news director once he calls me into the office and he goes, "Why is the comedian in this building the best journalist we have in this building?" <laughs> and I go, "Because I just ask whatever and I don't care." And he goes, "That's it, because you don't give a shit what you say to anyone." And I'm like, "Yeah." And if I screw up, I'll just blame it on being a comedian. Um, ABC, Australian Broadcast Network, there. Right? Mm. Is that is that what that is? Or yes, Australian Broadcasting? Uh, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, I think, there is you go. the uh, actual. But the ABC is our national broadcaster. So it's uh, taxpayer funded. Um, so yeah. I say that for a reason. Uh, they have like a morning. What's their morning show called there? Is it Good Morning uh, Australia or something like that or something stupid? Their morning show, God, I couldn't tell you. I, I know who hosts it, but I can't even tell you what it actually I think it's just called Breakfast, isn't it? I think it's actually called Breakfast. They didn't put much thought into that one. I think it's well, called News Breakfast. Yeah, News well, Breakfast. Well, I say this for a reason. Uh, for some reason, one of the idiots at that channel who was a producer for that morning show had me on a group chat through Gmail for like two years. And oh, I never God. said anything for two years. And I saw all of their production notes <laughs> oh, for no! two years. And then finally one morning, I don't know if I was like up late and drunk or what. I was like, hey, dummies, 
I've literally, I messaged the entire production team. Hey, dummies, uh, I've been on your chat for two years <laughs> and I've seen everything. And I cannot believe that no one has caught this. You might want to tighten up the ship there. And the freakouts on that chat. I hope amazing. you've got screen grabs of everything you've seen. I hope you didn't just discard it. I think it's it saved. All. No, no, no. I think it's oh, saved in, in Gmail. All those chats are saved. <laughs> I tell you, that is the ABC. We pump more than a billion dollars of taxpayer money into them every year. And it's just this relentlessly left-wing activist machine. You know, it's not. <laughs> and uh, I remember on that uh, program you mentioned, Breakfast, News Breakfast, um, you know, their coverage of US politics, you know, the, the, the way they absolutely defamed Nick Sanderman. And I was half hoping, you know, he'd be alerted to that and would tell them to at least apologise, you know, if he wasn't going to um, seek any sort of compensation because it is just shameful that, you know, I, I don't mind it. if you're in the media and you want to be an activist, well, then, you know, good luck to you. But when you're in the taxpayer-funded company corporation which has uh, got a obligation it's 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 it actually it's in yeah. it's in the legislation they've got an obligation to be balanced and fair and representative of the population and they're not they're just this left-wing um activist machine so yeah they they are a, a rich source of material for conservatives sadly um i'd rather they weren't or rather they would, or rather they just did what they're supposed to do and show a modicum of um, balance. Well, my, my first question that comes to mind when you're talking about them reporting on Nick Salmon, it's one thing if you're reporting on national news and having a commentary on national news in America, which you do, and you, you do very well. It's another thing when you start to get into the weeds of that stuff. Like, why do Australians give a shit about someone named, a kid named Nick Salmon? What's the point? Oh, because they slavishly follow... CNN and MSNBC and all the oh. others. So that, that for the f four years of Trump and in the lead up to the 2016 election, what we copped here was, with the exception of a few hours on Sky News Australia, what we copped here was just that CNN, MSNBC narrative. You know, every crazy conspiracy theory, every overblown crisis that wasn't a crisis, every fake story that, you know, got debunked but the debunking never really got any coverage, all of that we copped here and we didn't have like a Fox News to at least counter it or a, you know, wow. other uh, other one. So uh, that's why the, the left hate Sky News Australia so much because for a few hours in the evening when we've got our you know, uh, our main hosts, we give a different point of view and we fact-check some of this nonsense and they just can't cope. They just can't cope with a dissenting voice from from the groupthink. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, the, the Trump derangement syndrome, uh, I mean, you would we would have our papers here, um, The Age, which is the... Um, sort of left-leaning paper in Melbourne, um, not sort of, very, uh, they would have six, seven, sometimes more Trump stories on their page, um, on their website, uh, on their homepage at, at the one time. I mean, nine, ten on, on a bad day. <laughs> they were just obsessed with Trump, Trump, Trump. Um, so, 
yeah, very similar, I think, to the phenomenon you've you've had in the US with with Trump and the complete derangement that accompanied his the coverage of anything related to him. Wait, so if you have that kind of derangement there, do you have athletes taking a knee for the national anthem as well? Yeah, we've had knee taking. We've had oh. knee taking in uh, our Aussie rules, which is the Australian brand of football. Um, I don't think we've had it in rugby league or rugby union. I, I could be wrong there. Actually, I think we did have it in rugby union, but not rugby league from what I understand. Um, I think there were some cricketers who took the knee. So, yeah, it, it has been, but I don't think to the same extent with that as the US. But again, you know, everyone copies like they, that they're having that issue in the UK at the moment with fans consistently booing when the players take the knee. The fans do not cop it. And then the fans get called racist. Then the fans are lectured to by the bloody commentators and the players and all the, the usual suspects in the media and who have interpreted the booing as some sort of racist reaction when it's just fans don't want to be lectured to about politics and they certainly don't want their team to be taking a knee in alliance with a Marxist, racist group like Black Lives Matter. I mean, most people, I think, have woken up to what Black Lives Matter actually are. It, It took a while and... When you take a knee in solidarity with a with an anti-capitalist, anti-police, violent movement, then I think you deserve to be booed. It's lucky if you're only getting a boo. Yeah, uh, it's it's insane, and the, the amount of money they brought in and gave nothing to black communities is is unbelievable to me. Mm. Uh, I want to end with a terrible. I, I like to end with terrible, stupid questions. Uh, oh, no, you're, okay. you're in Australia. <laughs> yeah. How terrible is the koala problem there? Are there koala bears everywhere and are they a menace? I wish there were more of them because they're so so cute. But you know what problem they actually have? And I'm being deadly serious here. Or as the Kardashians would say, this is Bible. Um, I do watch the Kardashians. Can you cut that out, actually? No, that's going to completely ruin me. Awful. No, no, cut that out. Okay. (laughs) The problem our koalas have is chlamydia. (laughs) They are riddled with chlamydia. It's true. You can look this up. So that's our koala problem at the moment. But uh, they're terribly cute. They sleep a lot. Occasionally they have a wrestle with each other and fight, but they they spend most of their time stoned and sleeping. Well, don't don't tell Dr. Fauci in the Wuhan lab. They'll do gain-of-function research and we'll have a strain of <laughs> chlamydia that kills off half of the world. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't give them ideas. Why would you do that? Oh, chlamydia goodness. 2020 or whatever. It's chlamydia 2021. <laughs> koala. Okay, Clementine. Anyway, whatever. That's so insane. Uh, Rita Panahi, thanks for joining me today. I just said your name wrong, actually. Rita Panahi, I I, I, I want to add an accent. Because you know what? I just don't correct it anymore because I was like, oh, whatever. Who cares? You just um, seem – it's just such a – I have to remember Arkansas when I pronounce your name, and that's the easiest way to <laughs> – how would they pronounce it in Arkansas? And that's oh the right way God. to do it. Well, right. you know what? Exactly. We'll go there together, and whatever they say will stick. I'm dead serious. We are yeah. going to pine yeah, bluff Arkansas. All right. What's going to happen when, when you're finally allowed out of, out of your country in 2027, <laughs> I look forward to our time together. Uh, thanks for coming on. I love you. Everyone loves you. I'm so glad we could have this talk. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. Thanks for the chat. See ya. Rita Panahi. I cannot wait 
to meet up with her at some point in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I think that'll be super fun, man. I think that'll be super fun for everybody watching along as well. And uh, I just want to thank her again for being on the show. It was a great time. I'm so glad she hung out. You guys are awesome. If you like the show, like, share, subscribe. I'm having fun doing it. Uh, the numbers seem to, to show that you guys are having fun with it as well. And so thank you for all your support with that. And uh, I hope to continue producing these and having some fun. So until the next time, this is No Things Considered. I'm Tim Young. You know where all the, all the places are to follow me. See you soon.